Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, if you haven't seen that, you need to go watch it. There's a lot packed up in that. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we began uh, summer. Uh, when we began this series on parables. I, I mean, I enjoyed this series on parables. It's really been one of my favorite series, uh, just looking at parables from a different perspective. And in fact, that first uh, uh, week, uh, Pastor Steve kicked it off. He, he uh, made this uh, comment. He said, you know, parables both uh, reveal and they conceal. And uh, the reason that they conceal is because the Pharisees, who were asking most of the questions that led to most of the parables, they really didn't really want to understand or, or embrace what Jesus was going to say. They were just really trying to trap him and catch him in something that they, they could accuse him later of. And, and so the reason that he would conceal the message was, was so that they, they didn't have anything to hold him against, against him. And so uh, he would always uh, uh, teach in such a way that uh, they were like, well, we, we, we think he's talking about us, but we're not really sure. Um, you know, he, he talked about a bunch of weeds and a bunch of tares, and uh, w w we think we're the, the weeds, but I, I'm, I'm not sure, and I don't know what to hold. And so uh, it's just this idea, this concept that he would say at the end of most of the parables, if you have ears to hear, then let them hear. And what he meant was, is, is if you came here for the right reason, for the right purpose, uh, then the message that you're about to hear, you'll understand. The message that I'm about to relay you, the principles that I'm about to share with you, the, uh, the reason that you're here, you'll, you'll, you'll grasp them and, and they'll transform your life. And, and, and so uh, last week, Pastor Steve, uh, he asked you, how many, how many frogs on the log? And you need to go listen to it again. <laughs> right? But he, he began a parable or talked about a parable that your actions are, are, are speak louder than your words. And it's during the last week of Jesus' life. And, and uh, this was not planned. Uh, Pastor Steve isn't re feeling real well. And, and so um, I had the, just a great privilege uh, to close out this series. And um, the parable we're going to talk about today is one of the last parables Jesus would talk with his, with his disciples. And during that last week, uh, uh, especially during these parables uh, that we'll talk about today, uh, his focus shifted from uh, the masses literally to the disciples, those who had ears. And, and what he was about to say to them uh, was critical for them, and, and I believe it's still critical for us today. And, and, and the reason it's critical is because it's still applicable. At the beginning of Matthew chapter 24, uh, Jesus would be walking through Jerusalem, and he'd look up at the, uh, at the temple and all the structures, and he'd look at his disciples and says, there's coming a day that, that none of this will, not a stone will be left upon a stone, that this will all be torn down. And uh, other people heard that, but uh, as they were leaving and got to a private place, the disciples said, uh, when will that happen? When will your kingdom come? When, when will you change this Roman empire? When will we be in charge, is what they were asking. When will your kingdom come? And then the rest of chapter 24 and all of chapter 25, Jesus is answering this question. And for years, I'm, I'm, I hope we're past it, but for years, people only wanted to talk about revelation. They only wanted to talk about end times. They only wanted to, to know the signs, and they only wanted to know all this stuff. And, and, and understand, Jesus gives us some signs, and Jesus gives us, but that's not the point of any of this. It's not when he'll come back, but that he'll come back. And, and, and Jesus was trying to refocus their attention. Stop worrying about when or what it will look like, but that. I'll hold on to hope, that song. 
I'll grasp and I'll hold. No matter, even if I don't know, I'll hold on to hope because I know in my relationship with Jesus that he's coming back. And I know in my relationship with Jesus and the promise that he's given me, there's a kingdom coming that I want to be a part of. I don't want to miss it. There, there is hope there, and I want to hold on to that. And Jesus spends these two chapters, and he focuses his disciples' attention, not on when, but that. He says it's going to come like a thief in the night. He says there'll be two in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. There'll be two asleep, one will be taken, one will be left. I, I just want you to think about that. You're laying in bed with your spouse, or you're laying in bed with your kids. You're, you're, you're in the house with them, and, and you disappear, and they stay. Or they disappear, and you stay. Once you get that vivid picture in your mind, because this is what Jesus is trying to drive home to his disciples, it's not when, it's that. And it's going to come like a thief in the night, and it's going to come fit, fast, and it's going to come swift, and you won't know what hits you when it happens, but one will be taken and one will be left. Let me just ask you in the beginning of this, which one will you be? Chapter 25, uh, he starts out chapter 25, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like at that time. The kingdom of heaven at that time is like. And so uh, we, we always think when he says the kingdom of heaven, we're talking about uh, the kingdom of God, we're talking about heaven, but that's not what he's talking about. The kingdom of, uh, of God at that time. What time? The time between, they don't realize this yet, but my resurrection and my return. The kingdom of heaven is like after I leave and before I come back. We've been through this in, in the majority of the parables. They're, they're, the farmer sows some seeds, some good soil, some bad soil. Uh, the good soil does what? Grows crops. The bad soil what? does what? Doesn't. Uh, one's saved and one's not. Uh, it, it throws some seed. Uh, the wheat and the, the tares grow up together. What happens? They grow up together. What happens at the end? The wheat is harvested and the tares are what? Thrown into the fire where there's dashing and burning of teeth. You see, in the church... The kingdom of God at, at this time is the church. It's the age that we live in. And in the church, there's both good and bad. There's both people who believe and those who say they believe. A few years ago, there was a, a bumper sticker. I, I thought it was funny, but I got a weird sense of humor. Get busy, Jesus is coming back. Or no, it said, look busy, Jesus is coming back. And there's a lot of people that just want to look busy. But they ain't getting busy. You, you, you see, in, in the church, there are people who serve, who do, who do, do a lot of good things, but there's going to be people in, in, in our midst that, that they don't have a clue who Jesus is. And so the beginning of that chapter 25, he says, hey, the, the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins who are waiting and watching for the bridegroom. And they have to have oil in their lamps because he could come at any time. And at the end of that, that parable, he says, five of them were ready and five of them were not. Guess what? Five go into heaven and five don't. At the end of that chapter, he says uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a, a separation between, at the end of times, the sheeps and the goats. Uh, the sheeps will enter into the uh, heaven of God and the, the goats will be cast out. Uh, guess what? The sheeps and the goats were in the same pasture just prior to that. There are those who know God and those who don't know God, and they're going to be separated out. And in the middle of that, we find the parable that we want to talk about today, and that's where this, uh, this, this clip comes in. When Fish shows up at, uh, at the A school, uh, he, like all the rest of them, he's, I'm there to save people. I want to be a rescue swimmer. And I had to cut a whole bunch of that out because there's just some language in there that I got in trouble for. <laughs> but as they're sitting there in, in the speech that the, uh, the commander, I don't know what it is, but the commander is giving, uh, he talks about how uh, when God comes down and knocks houses off the, the foundations, who goes in? Coast Guard. Rescue swimmers. 
And the whole time he's talking, fish is looking at a board on the side of the wall. About records. In the next scene, where we were going to talk about how to save people from, from drowning, but today, somebody here, most people here, maybe all the people here, they don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about records. So today's a record day. I love that, that scene. I had to cut so much of it out of there. Uh, get some! Get one more to fish. Put goldfish on the board. You guys get out of the water. Nobody deserves to be in there but goldfish. His focus was completely wrong. You know, when, our, when we get our focus of what God has told us to focus on, man, our life will be completely wrong. We'll be going in the wrong direction. Man, that senior chief, he don't know what he's talking about, man. I broke every record. Ain't nothing I can do to be good enough for him. You're going to see that in this parable today. He ain't break all the records. You see, you're more re- worried about a record than a rescue. And a senior chief could care less about a record, but he cares a lot about rescues. Man, the similarities to our relationship with Jesus right there. Man, what, are you, what are you striving for? You striving to get your name on something? You striving to get recognition? You, you striving, uh, man, people's souls are at stake. That's what this parable is about. It's not that if he comes or when he comes, it's that he comes. The senior chief, he invests in fish. He invests in fish. He invests in fish in that last scene. He says, fish, you see a bunch of records. What I see is a man that can get there faster. He can go there farther. He can reach people that nobody else will reach. And he can save a lot of people. You want to honor them? You honor that gift. Fish was given a whole lot and he was squandering away a wooden rack on a wall. Couldn't see what the mission really was. And that takes us into Matthew chapter 25, 14. Do you see the mission? Or are you distracted? Where, where are you putting your energy? Matthew chapter 25, 14. Again, it will be like, what's he talking about? The kingdom of heaven at this time. It goes all the way back up to the beginning of the, the chapter. A man going on a journey. Kingdom of heaven at that time will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted uh, his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold. I'll take some gold. To another two bags of gold. Another one bag. Each according to their own ability. Have you ever thought about this? God sees more in you than you see in yourself. God looks down at you and says, you have a great ability. And I'm going to give you riches, and I'm going to give you wealth, and I'm going to give you opportunity according to those abilities. What are you going to do with them? You see, we, we all have abilities, God given to them. We, we have abilities that we were given at birth. Uh, we might have uh, grown up in one family as opposed to another. I, you you might have grown up in a broken family. You might have grown up in a great family. You, you might have had this experience or that experience. But uh, in the big scheme of things, none of that really matters. It's what you do with it that matters. You see, there's just some, some, some God-given abilities in you uh, that you have. It, it, on top of that, you have, we'll talk about this later, your salvation that God has given you, the, the free gift to have a loving relationship with him that you can enjoy for all eternity, which is, which is the mission. Uh, you have the, uh, the, the spirit-filled gifts that, that he gives you uh, uh, to, to do his work, to, to serve him. And, and so you have this great ability, uh, this great opportunity, and he sees it in you. It's interesting that the master sees this in all those people that we're about to talk about. Uh, Do you see it in yourself? 
How many of you would say right now, I'm doing something I never thought I'd do? Yeah, me too. You, you have no clue. Me too. This was the last, the very last thing I ever thought about doing. Ever. And I'm not boasting. That is not my... I am an introvert at heart and an extrovert by God's grace. That's it. God sees more in us than we see in ourselves. It's according to what he sees, your ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, immediately, and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold, he gained two more. But the man who had received one bag... He went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. This weekend, one person won a billion dollars. I don't know what they're going to do with it. What would you do with it? If you're like most, within two years you'll be broke. Most lottery winners, within two years are absolutely broke. Why is that? Because they squandered the opportunity. This man was given, and we get to this, a great deal, a great sum of opportunity. And he went and buried it. You know what buried treasure's worth? Nothing. Ask Achan. When they went to war, when Israel went to war, God said, leave all the riches in the camp that's for me. Achan said, no, I'm going to take some. Anybody know what he did with it when he took some? Took it back to his tent and buried it. What did him a lot of good, cost him a lot of lives. Just, just saying. Buried treasure is worthless. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. Look, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. There's a uh, scripture in John chapter 15, 15 that, that makes me think about this. Jesus would look at his disciples one day and he said, hey, I, I no longer call you Servants, I call you friends. Why the shift? Because the relationship changed. You see, this, this man that had the five bags of gold and this man that had the two bags of gold, we'll read that in a second, they both, when all three of them actually, when, when the master came and gave them the, 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 the talents, a talent is, is just simply a weight, a certain weight. We, we think it's about 75 pounds. So it could have been a talent of gold. It could have been a talent of silver. It could have been a talent of copper. It could have been a talent of anything. Uh, we believe it was a talent of gold uh, in this story. That's what we use. And so uh, a talent of gold, a 75-pound bag of gold, would be about 20 years of day wages. One talent. So you look at it and go, well, one guy got five talents, okay, according to his abilities, what he can do with it. One guy got two gallons, according to his abilities, what he can do with it. One guy got one talent. You think, well, he got gypped. If I gave you $900,000 right now, did you get gypped? The average, average salary, $40,000 a year times 20, $45,000 a year times 20, 900000 If I gave you $900,000 right now, did you get gypped? No. How many will take it? Yeah, me too. 
I didn't play the lottery, but that person wants to, that got a billion dollars wants to give me a million, I'll take it, right? What are you going to do with it? That, it's not the amount that matters. It's the great value that matters. What has God given you of great value your entire life? From the moment you took your first breath to the moment you take your last. He has given you a tremendous opportunity and a great value. What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to go? Are you going to go bury it or are you going to go earn it and make it work? All three of them received it. Two of them immediately went and understood that the master has given me something of great value. I want to go and put it to work. In the story of the virgins, uh, prior to this, they were watching and waiting. That's necessary. We need to know he's coming. The key is, though, to be busy while he's away. Not, not for the sake of being busy, look, be, look busy, Jesus is coming. That's the third guy. If I gave you $900,000, how committed would you be to me in our relationship? Very. Very. Yeah, me too. Right? If you realize what Jesus has given you, the Master has given you, if you realize what he has given you and you should have an opportunity to do with that, you wouldn't squander it away. You wouldn't. But most of us, we just, we're, we're like fish. I want to save lives, but more importantly, I want to get the record. We, we get so distracted by the world and the ways of the world. You see, all three of these people are in the kingdom of heaven, so they all might be in this church right now. All of them might look like they're working, like they have a relationship, like they, like they know Jesus, like they, they, like they understand who he is, like they, they, they do all the things. They, I don't know who's who in the zoo. I know if I turn my back, a lion might jump on me, right? I, but that's not my call. My, my call is God has given me an opportunity to invest. My background. I, I attract people like me. My biggest fear is not just being a failure, uh, being an utter failure. And guess who, guess who I attract? People that have that same fear. Why, why do you think that's so? So I can invest in them and help them overcome that fear, just like I'm trying to overcome that fear. It, it, it's an idea that when, when God has given us something, we're supposed to give it back to somebody else. We're supposed to invest in others. As he has invested in me, I invest in others. That's how, that's how we make money work, right? We serve. We do. We use our gifts and our talents. There's people in this room right now that are lawyers. I don't have a clue about the law, and I don't want to know about the law, other than staying out of the law. <laughs> With me? But there are some times, like a few weeks ago, I had to contact somebody, and I knew somebody in here, and I said, hey, I just got a question. I'm more than willing to pay you. Can you just answer a question for me? And they said, absolutely. That's giving back. They didn't charge me. I would have paid them. They didn't charge me. It's just a simple question. I didn't know. Right? There are some of you in here like computers. You're crazy. You're nuts. There are some of you in here that program those stupid things. But there are most of us in here we turn them on, and when they don't work, we throw them. You with me? Those of you who know how to work on those, you should help us that don't. You got a plumbing problem, you got an electrical problem, you got a roofing problem, you got a structure problem. I'm, I'm your guy. I help you. Why? Because God gave me the ability and the talents. I'm a terrible businessman because I just give away my talents. I, 
sorry, that's just who I am. I, I'm just terrible at it. But there are some of you in here that are business people, and there's other people here who want to start businesses. You guys need to hook up, and you need to share your experiences. How many of you have been in here married over 20 years? Why aren't you teaching a small group? Shame on you. I'm just being serious. Just, just being serious. Shame on you. Right? If nothing else, you can tell us what not to do. And all the women said, amen. Right? But it's just reality. You see, the, the thing that this parable is talking about is you invest. When you've been invested in, you invest in others. That's how you multiply what God has given you. You, you don't just go bury it in the sand. You, you actually put it to work. God has given you experiences. God has given you places in your life. You have, you have done things that other people haven't done. You have done things that other people are going to do. And you need to give them advice on how to do it better. You need a beam put in. This is your lady. She, she's got a crew that have put in a metal beam. She's put several in this building. Hey, why do I bring those things up? Because that's what this is talking about. There is a relationship between these first two guys and the master that we really need to embrace. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. You do know there's a, a time of reckoning coming. Anybody ever been audited by the IRS? How many of you sweated because you knew your books were out of, out of whack? You had claimed things you, didn't, you shouldn't have claimed. You, you had not claimed things you should have claimed. I, I'm not... There's, there's a coming, a time of reckoning. When your books are right, you don't fear the master who's going to do the reckoning, right? Watch this. He comes back, and both these guys that had the five and the two. Now, understand, it's not about the amount. It's about what you do with what he's given you. He could have e easily switched this around. It said the guy with one made two. The guy with two made four. The guy with five went and buried it. Wouldn't make any difference in the, in, the, in the text. I think there's a reason for this. I don't have time to go through that, but I think there's a reason he puts it this way. But understand, it's not the amount. It's what you do with what he's given you. And so when, 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 they, when, when the master comes back, I, I, can, just, I can just see. My, my son-in-law is just, just uh, I, I know, okay, he, he has a job. He had a job. Uh, not deployed because he's not in the military, but he had to go away on work. And so, of all places, he had to go to Hawaii. I know it's terrible. <laughs> but if you've ever been away from your family for any length of time, it doesn't matter where you go, does it? He didn't want to go. He, he, he took this job because there was no travel in it. He's done nothing but travel. Uh, in fact, we just got a guy who came back that, that uh, welcome home, that's been gone uh, fighting for our country. Thank you so much. Uh, but, you know, uh, when you're gone... In our culture, in our day, in our time, there are things you can do to stay connected. I, I know when Andrew was gone, they were face, FaceTiming, they were emailing, they were sending care packages, they were, they were doing all these, these things to stay connected. Isn't that what it is with us and Jesus? We're constantly staying connected. If we know the master, we're constantly staying connected. We're constantly looking. We're constantly watching. We're constantly waiting. We're constantly working. And, and so uh, he had a date set. If you've ever been in the military, associated with the military, you know that date just doesn't mean anything, does it? <laughs> it's just a date. That's the whole point of this whole entire 
answer that Jesus has given them for these two chapters is stop asking for a date. Just start realizing I'll come home soon, soon at some time. And so uh, he had a date. He, had a, he actually had a ticket with a seat. You know, that didn't mean anything. And so he got a new ticket with a new seat, and that didn't mean anything. And so he finally got a date, and uh, uh, the girls, my, my granddaughters, his daughters, they were so excited. They were so excited. They got up early that morning. They were anticipating his coming back. They, they, they were going to uh, drive to the airport with their mom, and, and they had this whole day planned, and, and, and guess what happened? Flight got delayed. Flight got delayed. Flight got delayed. You know what? They never lost their excitement. Why? Because they were anticipating Daddy coming home. That's these two servants. My master's coming. I don't know when, but my master's coming. And as soon as I see him, I can't wait to share with him all that I've done for him. Why is that? Because they understand the loving relationship that they have with him and he has with them, and they can't wait to show an appreciation for his love and the, the confidence and the opportunity that they give. And so when, he, when the master comes up, the first thing they say is, Master, 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 look at us. This is what you gave us. We have what you gave us. But not only do we have what you gave us, we have twice that amount. We know that all we have came from you. And we know that all we do is for you. And we know that we get no benefit other than the relationship that we have with you. And the master looks at him and says, my gosh, I cannot believe this. What an awesome job. You, I gave you five, you brought me back ten. Well done, good and faithful service. You're no longer a servant, you're my friend because now you get to come and enjoy my happiness with me. There's just this, this relationship that you see and you feel and you experience. And I, I don't know about you, but I can't wait for that day where, where I close my eyes on this side and open my eyes on that side. And, and, and I'm praying and I'm hoping and I'm, I'm striving that, that he says to me, Chris, welcome home, good and faithful servant. All I want to know, all I want to hear is that I have that relationship with him. And I'm not working for that relationship. His love compels me to work that relationship. It's just, it's just a, a thing. It's just something he, he drives us, he compels us. But then you get to this last guy. He looks like everybody else. You know, he comes to church on Sunday, sits in a chair. He might hold a baby. He might, he might uh, uh, park some cars. He might uh, put out some food. He might even make food for the, for the servants here. But he has no clue who Jesus is. None whatsoever. Watch what it says. You, you see the, the relationship in the first ones. Man, I can't wait to see the master. Can't wait for him to be home. Can't wait for him to get back here. Can't wait to share with him. Verse 24, the man who had received one bag of gold came. He said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what, gave, what you gave me. You see a difference in the relationship there? One is focused on I, 
and the other is focused on him. Fear will always lead you internal. Fear will always hold you. It, 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 it will paralyze you. It, different topic, but here's something that, that just hit me as I was preparing for this. And it ties into the, the response. If you fail to address your fears and overcome them, then the master is going to call you a wicked and lazy servant. Let me say that again. If you fail to address your fears and overcome them, the master is going to call you a wicked and lazy servant. If you know to do the right thing and fail to do it, what does that make you? I, it's just what it says. But that hit home with me because I spent first 40 years living in my fears. And if there's anything I don't want for you is to live in those fears. Because when you get on the other side of them, man, I'm telling you there's a different relationship with Jesus there. There's a different relationship with Jesus there. And so uh, it, it's almost as if, if this man, he, he's accusing Jesus of, uh, uh, or the master of being uh, this, this unjust, this taskmaster, this, uh, this guy who robs from other people because you're, you're reaping in fields that, that aren't yours where you haven't sown. It's almost as if he's accusing the master of something he's not. It's not almost, that's what he's doing. It's like goldfish accusing the senior chief. There's nothing I can do that's going to please him. There's nothing I can do that he'll, he'll honor me. There's nothing. I've done, I'm better than him. That's the reason. Hmm. I just wonder if when we receive a gift from God and we don't do anything with it, What's that make us think about God? I, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer for you. I, I just, I just, just a question. What if, 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 if our relationship would be strengthened and, and enhanced because I have $900,000 that I just want to give you and allow, allow you to invest and do, do your thing with, our relationship will, will, will be strengthened. If that will be strengthened, how much more will it be with God when we realize the investment that he has given us, the opportunity that he has for us, the, the, the life that he desires for us, the, the fact that he sees more in us than we see in ourselves. How much more, when we realize that, will it change who we are and what we do? You see this guy, he just went about his business. He, he didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't know, he didn't know the master. He, he didn't know any of this. And so the master kind of calls him out on it. He says, hey, hey, it, okay, sometimes when you're accused of something you ain't done, you don't even need to address it. Just go with it. He makes accusations about the master that just aren't true, but the master doesn't even address that. He says, okay, let's just say that I am that person. I am a hard taskmaster. I, I reap where I don't sow. I, I steal from other people. Okay, so if I'm that person, and you know I'm that person, don't you think you should have at least put my money in the bank and got some interest? Yeah, that's what he did too. Just silence. Because if I'm that hard of a person and you think that that's who I am, don't you think my punishment is going to outweigh anything that you would not do? 
That, that if that's who you really think I am, that at least at a minimum, you'd have brought me back mind plus some interest, some simple interest, some, some basics of this. It's almost as if the master saying, you're just lying through your teeth. I gave you an opportunity and you just squandered away. You got distracted by the world. You were looking for records. You were, you were looking for women. You were looking for whatever. You just wanted to live this life. You know, YOLO. No, you live forever. You don't YOLO. You're going to YOLO somewhere. Seriously. And it's, it's just the master said, you just didn't even care. You just showed up and checked the box. You just showed up and went through the motions. You just showed up. You didn't do anything. It's kind of like, how many frogs on a log? Right? Nothing matters until you take some action. And you better take the right action according to this, because if you just go bury it, it's not going to turn out good for you. He was just nonchalant about his, his quote, relationship with God. I, he, he would say he was a Christian. He would, I go to church. All right. I'm going to give some examples. I'm not picking on you, just some easy examples. I go to church on Sunday, and I drink on Monday. I went to the concert last night, got stone-faced drunk. I'm here on Sunday morning. Is that what God gave you that investment for? God, made, God gave me the ability to make money. I'm just spending it all. Is that what God gave you that investment for? God gave me the ability to work with my hands. I'm not going to do anything for anybody free. Is that what God gave you that? I, you just go down the list and you ask yourself the investment that God has made in you. What are you doing with it? Where are you going with it? Where's, where is it coming out on the other side? Are you just burying it and using it for your own, your own glory? Are you, you, you see, anytime you focus inwardly, your relationship with God's always going to suffer. Any kind of selfish attitude you have, the relationship with those that God places in your path will suffer. You see, this guy was just in it for himself. There are tons of opportunities here at Essential to invest. Uh, you know, I talked about this in the first service, and I know I'm out of time, so I'm going to be quick. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I kind of hit on this. If you've been married more than 20 years, you should be teaching, you, you should be having a small group. We're going to do a, a small group night here coming up August, I think it's August 9th, I'm not sure. Uh, Tuesday, first one of the Tuesdays in August. Look on the, look on the thing. I don't know when it is. I'm doing it. Um, but uh, uh, it's a great opportunity for you to come and see if it's, it's a good fit for you. I'll feed you. How do you, you like to eat, right? That's one, that's one of the ways I serve people. I feed them, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, I could, for me, I can see small groups. There's people in here that know how to start a business. There are people in here that want to start a business. I would, I would love to see people share that. Why, why would I love to see people share that? Because if you're successful in life, there's a better chance you're going to be successful with your relationship with Jesus. I, there's a correlation there. We're, we're going to, we, we are going to be intentional about connecting that with you. When I say it's a better opportunity, it's, it's in the church is a better opportunity. There, there are people here that want to learn how to invest. You're very good at investing. Great opportunity. The best person that I can make you, the best person that you can become, the, the living up to the potential God has, has designed you to live up to, God sees more in you than you see in yourself. The more that you can enhance that and grow that, the better opportunities. For me, that's small groups. So, yeah, we, we, I want to teach you the Bible, but I want you to teach you how to live out the Bible in your life. You know, a lot of people can't see the Bible for all the stress they have. 
So how do we get rid of that stress? So for me, there's just great opportunities for us to invest back. You see, the investment only works when you put it to work. Here's the end of it. The master says, you're, you're evil and you're lazy. You're wicked and you're lazy. You squandered away my opportunity. You squandered away my investment. Take what he has and give it to the guy that's got ten. To those who have been faithful with much, I will give more. Why didn't he give it to the two? I don't know. Ask Jesus. He could have. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. What matters was the one who came to church all the time didn't have a relationship with Jesus. He was just going through the motions. And at the end of the day, the master said, take that wicked and lazy servant out of here. Get him out of my kingdom because he doesn't belong. Throw him out in the utter darkness where there's gnashing and weeping. You say, that's kind of harsh. I don't know, he gave him a lot of opportunity. He believed a lot in him. He gave him time after time after time after time after time after time after time. time, time, time. And he just squandered it. How many times should he give him? One more? One more? One more? How many more do you need before you realize the great investment that God has made in you and the potential he sees in you? to make a difference in his kingdom. The loving relationship that we can enjoy today, tomorrow, and for all eternity, and hopefully that we can share with everybody God places in our path because that is the return on the investment that he's looking for. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. Thank you that you invest in us. Thank you that you give us these parables. Thank you uh, that you, um, that you're just patient with us. We, we don't get this right so many times. We get it so wrong. And yet at the end of the day, man, I know I love you and you love me. And I know that that right there is the biggest return on the investment that you're looking for that loving relationship, that we're striving to be the best person that you see us to be, and that we do our best to put a smile on your face when you come back. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.